Hello, and welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. I'm Jennifer, and today we are delving into notable cow stories from Muskegon County's past. Our first story is from 1902 and concerns three cows from the Hogan family farm in Eggleston Township. The family of Lawrence Hogan had a farm in Eggleston Township, and the Hogan's cows first appeared in the Muskegon Chronicle on August 12, 1902, in an article about a lawsuit in front of the Muskegon court system. This case involves a single cow from the Hogan farm. This particular cow had been sold to meat dealer Alex Dick by Jenny Steiner. Miss Steiner had purchased the cow on mortgage from Alice Hogan, Lawrence's wife. The Hogans chased down Mr. Dick and said that was not the cow that Miss Steiner had purchased on mortgage. That in fact, the cow Miss Steiner purchased was dead. The courts thus had two cases before them. One that had Alex Dick accusing Lawrence Hogan of wrongfully taking his cow, and another from Alice Hogan claiming that Jenny Steiner had the wrong cow. Therefore, the courts needed to verify the identity of the cow in question. If the court decided that the cow is Mrs. Hogan's, it is also Miss Steiner's cow, and thus Mr. Dick's cow for the slaughter. If the court decided that the cow is Mr. Hogan's, then Mrs. Hogan's cow is dead, and Miss Steiner has no cow which to sell to Mr. Dick. An article from August 12, 1902, is headlined, Cow's Doom is Sealed. The court decided that the cow in question was Mrs. Hogan's cow, which in turn made it Miss Steiner's cow, meaning the sale of the cow to Mr. Dick the butcher was legal. The fate of the cow was Mr. Dick's slaughterhouse. However, an August 22nd article writes that the case had been appealed and the cow received another stay of execution. Unfortunately, the final court decision of this appeal was not covered by the newspapers, so the fate of the cow is lost to history. The next cow tale also involves Hogan cows in 1902. In their August 12th article about the Hogan cow identity crisis, the Chronicle also notes a case that was brought by Mary Hogan against her father, Michael Hogan. Mary sought to prove in court that two of their cows were given to her by a niece, and therefore Mary could take them with her on a move to Louisiana. In case you lost track, this brings the total of three cows in three court cases for the Hogans. As the Muskegon Chronicle writer notes at the end of the article, quote, the other cows in the Hogan stables are wondering when their turn will come. The next strange cow tale occurs in April of 1914. This is actually the strange occurrence that began my research into this topic of strange cow stories. Newspapers in Flint and Grand Rapids tell of an infuriated cow attacking the 42-year-old wife of Charles Reeths in the barn on their farm. The cow gored Margaret Reeths in the face and torso before tossing her underneath a nearby horse. The horse stood its ground and provided Margaret with protection from the still attacking cow. Margaret's cries for help eventually reached her husband inside the home. He was able to carry her inside the house and call for a physician. How he managed to chase off the angry cow is not noted in either newspaper. Margaret suffered a punctured cheek, broken jaw, and several broken ribs. 
The Sault Ste. Marie Evening News further detailed that she was being fed via a glass tube by a physician while her jaw healed. Margaret did survive the ordeal, living until age 80. Now, 1914 is a popular year for strange cowtails in Muskegon County. In September of that year, a series of cow poisonings in Whitehall were reported by the Muskegon Chronicle. Howard E. Potter, the proprietor of Bon Vista Resort on White Lake, went to check on his cows early on a Sunday morning. He discovered one dead cow and two dying cows. A veterinarian was called who arrived too late to save the cows. The article makes it clear that poison is suspected and that the community is eager to find the poisoner. Two days later, the Chronicle reports that a fourth cow has died. This cow was on the farm of E. Thomas, who lived a mile away from Potter's farm. The stomachs of all four cows were sent to Ann Arbor for examination to determine if poison was in fact the cause of death for the cows. I could only find these two articles about this situation. So unfortunately, I don't know if the nefarious cow poisoner was ever found or if this was just a strange coincidence of sick cows on nearby farms. The final odd cow tale first appears in the Muskegon Chronicle on December 19, 1914. The article details how W.J. Mickle, the state dairy and food inspector, was called by Edward Healy, special officer for the Muskegon Society for the Prevention of Cruelty. Healy's concern were cows in the possession of Eggleston Township resident Harry Spicer. One of Spicer's herd was discovered to have a swollen mouth with sores. After investigating, State Inspector W.J. Mickle determined it was lumpy jaw disease, and he quarantined the whole herd of cattle on Spicer's farm. Lumpy jaw is a disease that affects the soft tissue in a cow's mouth leading to a swollen or lumpy appearance. Lumpy jaw is called by the actinomyces bacteria entering a cut or lesion somewhere in the cow's mouth. This bacteria is often found in the dirt on a farm. So Mikkel believed that the filthy state of the farm was to blame for the disease. The Chronicle on December 25th, 1914, reported that Dr. F.N. Steele, a Muskegon veterinarian, was appointed by the State Sanitary Commission as a part of the U.S. Bureau of Animal Industry attempts to identify and isolate hoof and mouth diseases in cattle before they could spread. The Chronicle wrote that Steele was awaiting direction from the commission, but he declared Muskegon County free of cattle disease. At this point, Steele had not yet visited the Spicer farm, but Steele commented that Mickle, who was not a veterinarian, didn't have the knowledge or authority to quarantine cattle. At the same time, Spicer is arguing that his cow in question did not have lumpy jaw and instead was bitten by a snake. Three days later, on December 28th, the situation takes a strange turn. According to the Muskegon Chronicle, Spicer's house is burned to the ground, but that the cause remains unknown. A January 5th, 1915 article states that Spicer and his son were in Ravenna at the time of the fire. 
It was neighbors who jumped into action to save what they could from the flames. Meanwhile, Steele is still waiting on official directives to act on this entire situation. Steele says that lumpy jaw is much worse than hoof and mouth disease and that all cattle affected should be euthanized and the carcasses burned. On January 2nd, 1915, the Chronicle reports that Steele ordered Spicer to kill the cow in question so that a post-mortem examination can occur to determine if the disease, in fact, is lumpy jaw. By January 18, 1915, Spicer's cow had been killed. No other cattle in his herd ever became sick, so State Inspector Mickle lifted the quarantine on the farm. The Chronicle published an article that raised questions about Steele's involvement in the case, specifically whether Steele ever actually examined Spicer's cow. A reporter phoned Steele about the cow and whether or not the cow had been killed. Steele responded, quote, why do you want to know? When the reporter stated their intent, Steele said it was none of the newspaper's business. When asked again, Steele said, quote, I have not got to report anything I do to the Chronicle, and furthermore, the Chronicle can go to hell. Where? The reporter asked. To hell, Steele shouted. The Chronicle ends the article with levity, writing that Doc Steele had told the Chronicle to go to hell and that Spicer's cow had gone to heaven. So those are just a few of the strange cow tales that have appeared in Muskegon County's past. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Muskegon History and Beyond, and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. Mm -hmm.